Hey, Internet, welcome back to Same Ish Different Day, the podcast where we continue the march into madness. I'm Raza Malik, and I'm joined with my Amazeballs co host, Bailey Nargang, also featuring the lovely Wine Mom, the arbiter of everything TikTok and YouTube. Hey, it's Wine Mom. Bailey here. Gotta drop that reminder that you can find this show on any streaming service you use. Remember to leave a sassy review, and you wanna bash us or our opinions generally? Well, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and maybe some other places in the future. I join these guys weekly to keep their egos in check as we break down complex social issues and talk about why your kids shouldn't be watching family vloggers. We talk about real-ish on a real level. Ain't got time for the Twitters? Don't worry, we have collectively wasted our existence combing the internet for you. Also, before these two get carried away, don't be shy. Join our Discord for the inside scoop. You can also support us on Patreon, where you can work your way up your our very own class system. And don't worry, it's pay to win. So welcome back to another episode of Same Shit, Different Day, where we try not to rip each other's heads off. Let's get it. Can I kick it off? Does anyone need anything? Can I kick it off? Go ahead. Start All it right. up. Jesus, yeah. I'm trying to be friendly. Uh-huh. What's up, internets? Welcome to Same Ish Different Day, a podcast <laughs> with a name that we can't say anymore. This week, Raza wanted to Raza talk about, talk about. <laughs> adaptations and specifically the plague of movie and TV show adaptations we have going on lately. So, with so many adaptations taken from video games, movies, and books, one would assume they'd be popular and make tons of money for the studios and everyone would get involved. Why are they failing, though, if so many people are interested in them? Does anime only work in its original form and, like, these new elements and storytelling methods, do they get mistranslated when they're brought to live action? And what can showrunners do or, like, show creators do to make these adaptations fine work? (laughs) Um, like looking at the Halo show. So you're looking at the Halo show, something Wine Mom might not know. They went and looked at this very popular pre-existing gaming franchise and went, let's make a TV show of it, but not acknowledge anything that happened within the video games. I like right. how you think I don't know what Halo is. I'm just trying to make sure you're up to date on the you drama, and I'm really? also, you know, spoon feeding the listeners here, bro. I'm trying to, I'm trying to drop the hints. Uh huh. So, wine bro. mom, you indulged <laughs> in Cowboy Bebop recently, so you're you're yes. definitely caught up on the adaptation train. Yeah. Starting with Raza's first question: Why do you <clears throat> think some of them, like that show, are flopping, even though they could potentially have so many people interested in them? Why do I think that adaptations are flopping? Yeah, like, because, like, anime, right? Does anime work live action? Is that the issue? Or is it that it's, like, the people don't want to show up for these these crappy interpretations that's brought to live action? Like, we're not there yet, either cinematically, or we couldn't be there yet, like, story-wise, right? Right. I mean, I think adaptations, like, if we're talking, because we've talked, we I really encourage if if anybody wants to know my opinion really of Cowboy Bebop, I encourage you to go and look for one of the episodes where we talked about it. But 
I truly believe the reason why um, the adaptation, something like Cowboy Bebop is failing, failed is because they're pandering to the wrong audience, I think is the big thing. Because they had the opportunity to make that so much better, but instead they were like, well, there's like a huge chunk of people who have no idea what Cowboy Bebop is, so we'll just wheel them in with this mediocre show, and then all the people who love Cowboy Bebop will watch because they love Cowboy Bebop, and that's how we'll maximize our numbers. Instead of thinking about people who genuinely care about that content and would want to see something done the right way. But again, like if you ask my opinion of Cowboy Bebop, I've given it and I feel like it was still a good adaptation. It just fell short in some places. So then to like just build on your opinion first before I bounce off. Hmm. Do you do you still feel comfortable with the amount of like adaptations that are going on recently, or since like because you don't like superhero movies all that much, so right. what's your opinion of like movie adaptations as a whole? So I've I've talked about this a lot with Panda, um, yeah. like I've talked about it a lot, and I I kind of low key hate adaptations and like. Because I feel like content, what, maybe not, maybe I shouldn't say content creators, but like Hollywood has just gotten really lazy and they're picking the same popular thing and they're just kind of like running it into the ground. Like, because if you ask me about superhero stuff, right, like I have very strong opinions about superhero movies and content because I feel like none of it is good. There's aspects of it that are good. But it's not genuinely good because I feel like we're just reusing the same story and slightly changing it. And it's like, it's for me, I'm like, I'm bored of this. I don't find it entertaining anymore. Like, we're literally just, it's like watching 12 kids paint the same lion in class. And we're like, wow, this one's great. Oh, wow, this one's also great in its own way. And it's like, okay, when are we going to see something new and different? You know I what I mean? Starting, yeah, I'm starting to feel very similar overall. But like, first off, I want to toss it to Raza on building mm-hmm. on that. Like, Raza, what was your franchise that you were looking at that brought all these topics to mind? Halo, basically. I was watching the show and I was like, hmm. Um, it, uh, it, it didn't, like, it doesn't need to, not everything needs to be adapted because it's successful. Right, it doesn't mean it it's successful in one medium. It doesn't mean it, it needs to work in an another me, medium. You're just shoehorn. You're 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 forcing something to make sense to an audience that has never experienced this, uh, in the f- first place. Right. So <laughs> like what what Weinman said, I think all these shows are catering to the wrong audience, and they uh-huh. think. They want to. They think that audience, the broader audience, is going to come back and watch those animes. But in fact, that they're looking. The actual people who watch the shows and and know the, the difference between, in, in in this case, Cowboy Bebop from the anime and and live action is that certain elements don't work in live action, and they're yeah. able to work in in the cartoon or the animated version because. There's more. For, it's 
the story-wise, elements-wise, you're able to tell it much easier. But then once you bring it into the real world, you have these limitations. So you, you have to ground everything. Halo, I find Halo can be groundable, uh, but n- not the way that, that they're doing it, right? So yeah. even for Cow- Cowboy Bebop, right? The, cart- the anime, was it did a good job at emphasizing the 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 um the like the over exaggerated side of of the stories and whatnot mm-hmm. but on the live action it's just like oh we have to make all of these characters relatable and grounded so i i think the reason why these shows don't work in in, in a live action form is because they limit themselves to the real world because they have to like be relatable to a different audience as opposed to the ones watching the animes or playing the games or reading the books. Right. Yeah. It's like, because even still, so like when you, when you talk about adaptations, right, there's so many forms of adaptation because we have shows that turn into movies, movies that turn into shows. We have video games and books and stuff that get adapted into other things. Right. And it's like, there's one type of adaptation that I've been thinking about a lot lately that I, that kind of frustrates me and I don't love is when they take old, because I've complained about this a lot, they take old 90s movies and they adapt them for like the, the 2000s where we are, like mm-hmm. the 2020s. So, <clears throat> yeah. like, I never watched uh the ghostbusters the female version one Mm. but i've only ever heard absolutely horrible things about it and for me that's so upsetting because instead of just making a good movie you made it all about gender roles from for at least from what i'm hearing right which it's like if you wanted to do that then you could have done it so much better right but then you look at shows like stranger things for instance right it's meant to be based in the 90s era. And if you ask me, that is low-key an adaptation of, like, 90s TV that we would have watched as kids. But it's done the right way. Because they create a new story. They create something that feels modern, but also still gives the homage to, like, the 90s. And I feel like... I feel like our generation now... Right, we're so nostalgic that a lot of these directors are just trying to appeal to that aspect because they know we're going to go and watch it. They know we're going to pay to see something from our childhood redone, right? And that's so. That's I think I think you are exceptionally correct there. Then here's here's the big Bailey, but here's the big Bailey. Okay, okay. I think you're exceptionally correct there. But the Big Bailey, but that is like, I think the adaptations and that nostalgia capitalization is like the part of the conversation I get confused by because you're right. Like remaking those 90s movies and the shit that was already successful is like an easy sell. But mm-hmm. there's like, like when we're talking about like uh, Spider-Man, uh, Drake, Drake's Uncharted. They just, uh, Drake's Uncharted, they just turned that into a movie. But that's not going to translate into everyone who played the video game now seeing the movie or, like, all of the boomers wanting to watch right. it. And, like, why is that connection 
not the same as the one that you just described. You know what I mean? Well, well, cause one has this intense nostalgia. That's why. Cause like, if you think about it, it's like when they, when toy story, do you remember when they had the third movie or the whatever movie of toy story, everyone was going so crazy for coming out. Um, I can't remember yeah. which one it yeah. was, but everyone was like, Oh, my childhood being relived. And like everyone online was like crying and so excited and so happy about it. And I remember seeing it and just being like, this is the cringiest thing I've ever heard. I'm not participating in this at all. I think this is mm -hmm. so stupid. Like, this is not a part of my childhood. Like, I watched it and it is a part of my childhood, but like, I didn't feel connected. And instantly I felt like, yeah, this is just a money grab, right? And especially like when you talk about video games. So if you want to talk, if you want to move back over to the, to the video game niche, right? When you're saying like how these video games adapted into movies and TV, they're not working and we're not understanding why, right? It's because yeah, most sure. people don't play video games. Like I know there's a big culture, like if you're an online person, there's a huge culture around video games. But if you like go into your circle of friends, right? If you go into your big wide circle of friends, how many of your friends do you know are playing these niche adaptation games? Usually not very many, right? So it kind of like falls See, short we that thought way. that. We thought that like I don't think you're wrong either. And then at the same time, though, we thought that with comic books and then comic books became what they were, the comic superhero movies. Like, we're like, oh, not that many people actually read the comics. And then it's like, well, that's the thing. Not. No. Like, I, I hear you. I agree. Let me so just do say you I think, agree. So, so do you think the greedy rich people think it's that pattern that they can repeat? Is that what they're, this is happening? Is that what's what happening? They're trying to go, yeah. oh, this weird thing called comic books works, so if we just keep trying to fucking poke the bear, yes. one of them's gonna yeah. go? Yeah, because now, like, if we're doing gamings, uh, a bunch of game companies have created their own entertainment division. So now mm -hmm. they're trying to do what Marvel did, do what, and try to do what DC did, because they're seeing the, and I think Marvel kind of I do. I like Marvel, Marvel movies, but they have somewhat ruined movies because now everything needs to be uh, live action wise. So I think for when these gaming studios have these divisions out, it's telling us that they are more focused on making their properties for wider audiences, even though that that wider audience doesn't necessarily care about. Uh, Halo or something or something like yeah. That. So okay. I think they're like the I think we the reason why the comic book movies worked is because it was one it was it was one of the first times right that sort of like franchise developing was ha was happening and now video games are trying to capitalize on top of that uh, but it's not working because we as an audience are tired of these of these um regurgitated stories or like these adaptations of the same properties that we have grown up with like we have seen them we just want something new yeah and that's why i think like the uncharted movie you, you brought up didn't do well because they were like what well, no why yeah, why does yeah. it? Oh, Tom Holland is a hot star um, uh, right now. Fucking let, let's do it. But it's 
the people who I I think it's gonna serve the people who it serves, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not that many, but and it, it's gonna be av- avoided by everyone else who who don't care who doesn't like I, I like the Uncharted series, <laughs> but I'm not gonna pay to watch that. Well, so, yeah. I wine mom. I feel like you're on point more, so you go. I was gonna. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can go on your tangent, but what I was just going to say, because you brought up the thing with, like, why the superhero stuff is successful or whatever. And it's like, I think the reason why superhero stuff is successful is because, yes, it was a comic. It was comics. But, I mean, it's a cartoon. That's why that's why superhero stuff was it was an easy adaptation into live action. Because it started as something that you read in comic book slides, which were very visual, and then it was immediately put into cartoons because we've been watching Spider-Man cartoon from, like, the 80s, pretty much. Like, my mom watched it growing up, and then we watched it growing up, and then it just slowly started going into, like, how much more content can we pull out of this? And then it started creating all these universes and started getting, like, interdimensional, and then it kind of just went from there, right? Because it's easy to go from, like... A book to a cartoon then from a cartoon to a cartoon movies and then from cartoon movies into adaptations right where we're doing live action yeah so well, that valid. that kind of just i just feel like that that was the easiest move because mm-hmm. because they're more i just feel like it's more based around human life when you look at comic books right versus like a video game universe if you think about like World of uh, not World of Warcraft, what's the other one that they did with Travis Fimmel and it became Warcraft? Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. Warcraft, yeah. yeah, they they adapted that into a movie. And from what I hear it did really well, but it was one of those ones where it had a lot of like mystical mm. creatures. You know what I mean? I, I, so I bit... don't I don't hate that movie. I don't hate yeah, that. Yeah, no, movie. I I respect that. But I think like that was more of a risk than taking like a a story about a city with a superhero you know what i mean so i I feel like it just it was naturally going to work because we were talking about like human more human stories than most video game content Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i am so then my tangent does fit in because that's a good summary there then my tangent is i think Part of the issue is also like a critical lack of understanding of not necessarily like celebrity, but popularity. Like everything's focused on a micro level now. Like you should be focusing on the people who like this or like that rather than like, I'm going to make the Flash TV show, but it's for everybody. So try to tune in and enjoy kids. It's the same thing every week. Like I think there's a critical lack of understanding of what the individual audiences want. And that's right. how like Arrow was able to get away with like it because it was like in the early early days of like of of doing that sort of like character like a monster of the of the week where they they were like okay wait a second this sort of way of storytelling isn't working and it's different mm-hmm. in the comic books so then they made their like season three a little more comic book accurate and then when like when people saw that it was like one of the highest rated tv shows on cw at the time but it just uh i think if shows change up the formula 
like Arrow did, it can work, right? But but there's a template, and Marvel has created that template, and they don't want to get out of out of of, of that. Um, ultimately, like it didn't work mm-hmm. for DC, and it doesn't work for. But but like like yeah, but yeah, that's where I end. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, you have a valid point. Wine mom close off with your thoughts, then we're gonna fucking snap it because this is a good ending point for the second part. Mm. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it's been summed up pretty well. I think I think a big takeaway from adaptations now is to look at the quality of the shows that are popular now. Um because if you think because specifically if you're looking at animes, right? There's so many animes from the mid to late 90s that are successful even now today, that are watched constantly even now today. And if you look at that content, it wasn't super popular at the time that it came out. And I think the reason why it's able to stay popular or become popular now is because it stayed true to what it was and it didn't try to sell out. It didn't try to adapt to certain communities or groups. It didn't lose the integrity of what it was trying to be. And I think okay. that's something that we need in television now because it's okay to make something that's not wildly successful but appeals to a group that can withstand time and be popular longer than something that is cool right now, makes you a bunch of money, and then everybody in 10 years says, yeah, it was kind of a sellout thing. Okay, hold that point. You've got a good point. Hold that Hold that thought. Remember that <laughs> thought, all right? All right, okay. remember that thought. Okay. So, am I the asshole? cryptocurrency gains all right so oh there's no descriptor this one so so my boyfriend convinced me to invest in cryptocurrency about a year ago i invested fifteen hundred dollars and when my money doubled i took out fifteen hundred dollars and left the other fifteen hundred dollars in fast forward to today and i want the rest out in usd now sixteen hundred dollars profit but my boyfriend is saying he feels a certain way about me not letting him keep it. He personally had a bad financial year and needs the money more than I do. He also did all the work to make the crypto money. So, am I the asshole for wanting the profit, or should I let go since he needs the money? Go ahead, boys. Um, I think she, she should keep the money because I think he's a dick either way. I think he's a bratty. He sounds like a Chad. Yeah, so keep the money, Queen. Mm. Yeah. I think you, it's fair you, to to have a conversation you, about it. Yeah, sorry, sorry I, I so I think it feels it's fair to have a conversation about it, and I think. It's fair to, ha- to have him say that, like, look, maybe I, I deserve a little bit of tax because I did the work. But if you're asking someone to put their money into your scam and then they're saying they want their money back, it's like now you're saying, like, no, you owe me the money because I made the scam. Yeah. So hmm. keep the money. So <laughs> she's not an asshole for wanting to keep her money. That's the whole point of investing, right? When you, right, when you invest, it's the, they, that's the whole point. You're supposed to earn money, earn interest, get money back on your investment. That's the whole point of it, right? Regardless of whether she needs the money or not. So, like, 
is she an asshole for wanting to take her money? No. But if we're going to look at the morality of the situation, you guys know I'm very pro-woman. Like, do you, lady? Like, snatch your bag, whatever is good. Like, do you? I do low-key feel like if this is your partner and you care about them and they're financially struggling and they did all the work to make the money, you can give them a little commission. Mm-hmm. because if you were to go because if you were to go to a legitimate investor a legitimate investor you would give them a commission of the investing that's how it works so she got a deal by him basically you know doing it for free even though it did take some convincing so I, I don't think it would hurt for her to give him a little moolah if he's struggling but at the same time, if she doesn't, I don't think she's an asshole. This is just me, like, morality-wise. If it was me, like, if Bailey was like, hey, give me $20, I'll make you 40 in whatever amount of time. And then Bailey was like, hey, I'm kind of short on some money. Can I, like, get 10 bucks from you out of this, like, profit you're making? I'm I'm making majority of the profit. Sure, take the 10 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so that's no, just I, me. I agree with that. I agree with that. But she's not an asshole for wanting to keep all her money. That's her business. Maybe she wants to buy a car. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's the conclusion. Yeah. No resounding thoughts. All right. They are the asshole. So back to Wine Mom's thoughts. We're closing off about adaptations in the second half. And it's why are they hard to make? Right? So why are the adaptations so hard to make if there's so much source material to draw from and so much history and a community and culture built around that lower fan base or whatever it were and how should a movie studio or whoever is producing the film get involved to make sure that they don't make a unfaithful like because involved too much they start to make unfaithful decisions so what should a studio do to not make those decisions should they give more creative freedom to the person creating it or should they have at least one hand tied behind their back essentially that's a great summary thank you you saved my ass there bro thank you right Fucking building off of Wine Mom's point, then I kind of very much support Wine Mom's previous point of like not necessarily staying 100% factual, but staying true to the source material and community that built it up will help reinforce that. And then how you manipulate it from there can be a bit more organic. Am I misinterpreting Wine Mom? No, you're right. Because. We we actually specifically talked about this when we talked about Cowboy Bebop. Because I specifically mentioned there were certain aspects of it that they left out that I absolutely hated that was so upsetting to me. And I was like, what is the point in doing this? You left out some of the best scenes to to create whatever it is you created. But then they also took some liberties that I felt like improved character personality and character story and added more depth to certain things that I felt worked for an adaptation, right? But again, it's like, I feel like they took on a lot doing Cowboy Bebop, so I feel like it's not fair 
to pick on that show a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Because Cowboy Bebop requires you truly to expand your suspension of belief, right? Because it's a sci-fi show from the 90s and like... There is a lot of stuff that you physically cannot do unless you rely very much on special effects, right? So mm-hmm. budget, time, all that kind of stuff matters. But I will say the thing with doing adaptations, because one show that I think did it really well, and I know a lot of people have a different opinion to this, um, but The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead is a comic book TV series. It's an adaptation from a comic book series. And I think what you can do to make something like that successful, because depending on how you feel, I mean, go ahead, Bailey, you're going to say something. I know you want to. No, no, because I think The Walking Dead is a good example of them changing through it. Uh, Because the first few seasons were great as they stayed more faithful to the material and like Mm -hmm. worked with the homie who made the comic books. And then right. as they started to cater to, like, the movie-making needs and cater to the fucking fans and then make extra, like, fan spin-offs from it, that's when the general interest or the general, like, integrity of the show was kind of lost after they broke away from that, like, focus right. on the source. So and, that was something... So that that's where I was going next is that the reason why I think The Walking Dead worked is because even though they did stray from some aspects of the comic book series, they did it with the support of the person who wrote the comic. So what I mean by that is like, if you're going to take a comic book series, because really in all honesty, if you're going to be adapting something to TV, yes, there should be some form of changing because it's not your intellectual property. You're trying to make something different, right? While using... I, like basic direct reference right but there are certain characters that weren't a part of the show or, or, that are a part of the show that weren't in the comic and there are certain storylines that didn't happen the, in the comic but happened in the show but they worked because they worked along with the writer of the comic which means they were able to stay true to how the characters would respond would react how they would adapt how how those things would change from the comic book right so Basically what I'm saying, how can how can these companies make it better by working directly with the people who are creating the original content? Giving more room to like actually learn the characters that they're trying to adapt, you know what I mean? So Raza, do you have a good point? If not, I have a funny thing to point out. I got a good fun fact. Well, I just I just I'm I'm just thinking of the parallels between Walking Dead and Game of Thrones when they're like when they stray away from the source material the 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 product end product kind of suffers. Mm-hmm. So look at the ending of Game of Thrones where it's like yeah. the book wasn't done but it, and they had to somehow take what he wrote and the outline that he wrote and make it into a show and it 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 it, it, it didn't uh turn out well and I, I think the same thing happened with the walking dead is when yeah. if, if it's when they strayed too far away from the source material where they started to make their own sort of judgment calls and mm-hmm. this is how the character developed like it's not true so the example that 
that kind of stayed, and we're still early on in, in his life, but it's still Witcher. That's what I like. It's the extre- like it's one extreme of like a network giving complete creative control to the showrunner, and then Cowboy Bebop uh, for Cowboy Bebop and Netflix doing the exact same same thing. It's uh-huh. just uh, I think the reason why The Witcher is working is because it's it's easier to to bring uh, to translate that stuff stuff over, but. Again, I Cowboy Bebop could have worked if uh, if they took liberties where it was needed to take in. Like, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, like it it could have stayed not. It could have been grounded. It could have been ground. It could have been realistic. It could have been more uh, character driven uh, because it's it's all live live action. But I think they were like. We're trying to make it very close to the anime. We're trying to become anime, the, the show 2.0. And The Witcher is doing, is sort of not doing that um, because they're, I noticed they're taking very liberal liberties with like the second season. But yeah, what's your tangent, Bailey? Well, I, I'm going to stick on task right now because I think... Something that's important to bring up there, though, is also, like, the ability for Western audiences or movie audiences, because we're talking general audiences, to be able to digest different types of storytelling, right? Not Mm -hmm. particularly Mm -hmm. just anime, just in general. Adaptations, whether it be Game of Thrones or something much more nuanced, right? Even Harry Mm -hmm. Potter, the films, interpreted things differently than the books in some cases, Mm -hmm. right? So I think there's something to be said about having to generalize a story plot also takes out a lot of the elements that make people attached to the story in the first place. Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah, because you have to make some sacrifices to, to make it work in live action. And those things that the uh, the, the audience has attached themselves to to uh, the characters gets removed because they are uh, making those adjustments. So I think you're you're right. On, mm. on, on well, I, I I think yeah, I think Bailey's right. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah. I think I think a lot of the time with adaptations, like they're too concerned with redoing what's already been done. Yeah. When yeah. instead. When instead yeah. you can do an adaptation, but carry on the story. So it's like, if we think about, because Cowboy Bebop is the one we keep talking about, right? It had an ending, right? And in the in the comic, or in the anime, it's into your interpretation whether you think it had an ending or it was left open ending, whatever. I personally felt like it was open-ended. It could have gone somewhere else if they were going to continue writing it as an anime right Mm -hmm. but why couldn't when netflix picked up the adaptation why couldn't they have just taken the characters made the characters really good and just started a new story because then Mm -hmm. you're still adapting but you're giving something new so you're leaving room for you to have creative liberty but also still stay i guess on task i mean you're you're asking 
Yeah, you're asking the question that I've seen many other people ask, and not just the cowboy bebop, but like for everything else. But like, mm-hmm. why are you moving away from this when you have something there? Just build on that, right? You yeah. Really need to take, like, it isn't okay. Halo. I don't know if it's gonna work there because it's like I don't know what the fuck the, the <laughs> they're they're doing there. But like, uh, um, I think if they. If Cowboy Bebop was done in a way that we're talking, it was like, okay, you have the anime there. There's a, a template there. Build on that, right? Use the character development f- 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 from the show and bring it over to the live action. Right. Step one, you make them more tangible, more realistic, because people who watch the animes or the anime will see this and be like, okay, that's that they're hitting the story beats correctly the general audience won't know the difference they'll assume that's how they behave so i think if they stuck within that sort of template that's created from them then it and they can make something work but i just right well i just feel like people i i feel like with adaptations they're just they're a little bit i i'm not a director so i don't want to be mean but i just feel like adaptations are just lazy because yeah, it's like yeah. in in the situation of like with cowboy bebop if they really wanted to like carry on like redo some of the scenes in the show they could have easily taken like the last two episodes of the anime made them into one episode and then continued the story with their own story but instead they did things where they removed a character that had a huge chunk in the story they added weird things that didn't make sense they created conflicts that didn't feel like would be real conflicts based off the characters from the anime they they left out specific scenes that really set the tone for the show and it's just like even with all the good things you you left out the drastically drastically important things yeah and like i think one of the biggest things is they try to i think bailey brought this up but like they're trying to westernize these shows to make it more accessible for a western audience so cowboy be like watching the two episodes you both um recommended to me i was just like so this makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of the audience watching it like the uh, japanese people have a certain sort of uh viewer uh like a view of this then you know, my two white uh-huh. little host who like cowboy be be be, be So like like even even then, like there's two different sort of views you're watching it. But like when you're taking something that's for a different culture that has been like uh, has been brought up for a different culture and making it to live action, you're gonna have some weird some weird translations brought over because people won't understand it. And that's yeah. I think halo is working for the mass audience because it's um, it's it's the western shit it's like the fucking we know what's going on because we understand this but for like yeah cowboy bebop even ghost in a, in a shell and uh uh and another one but um it it doesn't work because it's like they don't know how to make it uh uh digestible for a western audience yeah, you're right. I have to agree. So the fun fact of after Wine Mom's hot take, right? You just mm-hmm. said adaptations are trash, right? I'm not putting okay. you on the spot. No, I don't. Okay. But 
No, well, sorry. I said, it's lazy. Not... I said they're lazy. lazy. People, the people who are making these adaptations tend to be lazy. Not always, but you can see where they're being lazy. Okay, you thank you for catching me. Coming your neck, sorry. You know, <laughs> I deserve that. So, your favorite film is an adaptation. I know. Why is that a good one? You know, oh, The Shining, by the way, the internet. The Shining. The Shining was slow. a book first. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the, the, that's, a, that's a really hard one to talk about, though. And mm. I literally just had this. I don't know why my life is paralleling. I literally had this conversation with Panda. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like five days ago we talked about this. <laughs> because... He was he brought up the fact that like so the shining had taken a lot of liberties when they filmed it, right? But the reason why the adaptation of the shining works and why it's so good and why it's so loved specifically by myself is that it's not exactly like the book. Obviously, we all know this cuz there's a lot of aspects that don't line up. But it's about the lore that comes with that movie. So I'm sure people have heard about the documentary um, that came out after The Shining, which was like, I think it's room something, room number whatever, which is the room where he has yeah. the, where they're not allowed to go during during uh, their stay. There's the one room they're not allowed to go into. Why, why have I watched this movie 500 times and cannot remember the title of the documentary? I apologize. But if you think about it, there is a lot of controversy around Stanley Kubrick as a director, right? So he kind of took this story and then used it to kind of tell a biography about himself in a weird way. If that's making sense to any of you guys. So basically, like, there's this theory that Stanley filmed the moon landing, right? <laughs> that he was the one who filmed and directed it because... Um, the Americans were trying to beat the Russians to space, and that's why they did that, right? Mm -hmm. And and there's a theory that that Stanley was offed by the government, right? So that's why that movie, it's developed its own lore, and it's got its own depth. So that's why that adaptation works, because people are aware enough to realize that things were changed, but they were changed on purpose. Like, there was a there was a motive for those changes. It wasn't like... Stanley took this and was like, I'm just going to be full doing whatever it is that I'm doing. You know what I mean? He wasn't doing it to try to appeal to a different audience. He was doing it to, to build and create a story behind a story. If that even makes any sense. I know I've just rambled on. I, know, I don't know. Okay. So you rambled on, but so get in there, Raza. I don't have a go. Okay. Uh, Cause I just to add on, well, to complement my mom's point, um, adaptations nowadays are based on theatrics. So, like, mm -hmm. uh, how how one to one the spaceship looks to the one in the comic book or the TV show, or yeah. how how the how the the character looks one to one, or how their hair is, right? But for The Shining and all those adaptations of like The Exorcist to come out, they didn't really have time to worry about those or to really f focus on those 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 uh, uh, things uh, because uh, and 
a lot of the stories, a lot of the adaptations then were, again, character-driven. They were more f- f- focused on the stories, right, rather than the extra stuff. And right. when, when those stories, when you're zoning in on those stories more so, all your time and attention is going on in, into that. And then everything else comes signal. So that, that's why I think The Shining worked, Exorcism worked. Uh, what's the other one? There, there was an, another big adaptation that happened back in the day that also worked. And I forget the name, but it's the reason why they didn't care about the stuff that we care about now. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're more, uh, yeah, they're more, they're more character driven, and that's why Clockwork Orange. That's the other one, uh, and that's why it it. Wore, wore, wore worked in, in shit so yeah i i think the shining is a great example of actually caring about the source material and then executing it very well that's yeah well i think you also have to look at the fact that like adaptations now are made majorly from video game content or um comic book content or yeah. pre-existing TV shows, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when you look at The Shining, that that's coming from a book. And taking a book into a movie or a TV series is extremely difficult. Um, and sometimes it doesn't always work. Yeah. You know, and it's like yeah. I feel like The Shining just it was it was a it was Stanley's way of like finding a story that talked to him and then creating an additional story with a story so it kind of has its own standing yeah. plus all the controversy between him and 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 the author so right it's another right. thing uh, but like I, I i was even thinking about this while writing the script i was like book adaptations have a higher chance of working than tv show or than video game animations or adaptations or comic book adaptations because i think books in a way it's up to the person creating the movie or tv shows uh version it's up to their interpretation yes i think that that like the reason why i'm not going to say the witcher anymore but the reason why handmaid's tale is working is because it's it's being it's 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 uh the director is using their own interpretation and bringing it into the real world where it's compatible with how we approach that sort of like topic right. and approach those those stories. So I think st- like even Lord of the Rings and like the first three Harry Potters um, are all are all good examples of how books, two movies or TV shows can work. But yeah. let's, let's, let's have a higher chance because we don't physically see how these characters look. Or how that's exactly, look. yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. Is yeah. because when you're going from a book to a movie, there is, you don't have a, you don't have a, a generalized figure that is recognizable because yeah. now you have to create it. Yeah, it has yeah, to be honestly. it has to be casted and decided, right? And then it's yeah. up to it's up to people to connect to the character. Because mm-hmm. for me, another book that's gone to movie that I that I loved was Gone Girl, and we've talked about this one before. And I feel like they casted that book extremely well because there there was no visual beforehand, right? It's just you kind of have to go off the description in the book, and so sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but you're right when you say books have a better likelihood of succeeding because 
there is no visual representation. You're what you mm. get is what you get, and it's whether whether you connect to it or not. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. ultimately how I feel, and that's yeah, that's ultimately like I think. Yeah, if you're gonna make an adaptation, just use a book instead, because it seems like you're the <laughs> maker, um, right there. Yeah. Right, right Sorry, Bailey. No, no, I'm I'm trying. To, I don't have anything to add. I'm stumped. I'm just fully on board. I didn't have any interjections or challenges. I just agreed with everything. Mm. I'm like very boring. I have no added opinion today. You guys, you guys outsmarted me for the day. Oh gosh, the drama. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, like again, like like cow, what happened to Cowboy Bebop being canceled and they set it up for. Season two is just ridiculous, right? Yeah, like see, Netflix knew that yeah. there was going to be a season two, but they're like, no, wait, the the crowd didn't like it. But like, then what? The, 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 don't announce two years ago saying, oh, we're going to start up churning anime uh, live action adaptations now and shit like that. Don't do well, that. Right, and this is why this is why I said a few minutes ago they should have started where the show ended. And made their own thing. Right? Because yeah. the thing is, like, you sh- you've shown, you've tried to almost a Walmart version recreate something that is not, you can't, you can't, what Cowboy Bebop the anime is, you, you can't just try and recreate, you can't. It's, you okay. have, to, it takes too much suspension of belief. And yeah. to do that with physical characters, it's hard. So that's mm-hmm. why I feel like their failure was that they didn't just pick up where they left off. Because we've talked about this when we originally talked about it. The, the whatever they had planned for season two was going to be perfect. It was going to be the idea of what I would have expected, what I, what I would have wanted, which would have been a continuation. So it's like, instead of giving us something new, we're repeating things we've already seen, doing them mediocrely, and then losing opportunities to create great content genuinely if they had been given the opportunity because i feel like if they were given the opportunity to to do a second season that show would get much more praise and it would be way more respected but that's not going to happen now because netflix was unhappy with the response yeah it just it just and i think i'm so scared about the (laughs) assassin's creed anime that that's coming out that doesn't need to have um happen um it's just and it's on netflix again so i think it also de- depends on the networks that are doing this they're like oh cowboy bebop is an iconic thing it did huge for the networks it, it was on here in north america and also in japan let's fucking make it live action yeah. the kids love spider-man and uh so it just i it just these networks are using their own like money making Western lens yeah. and realizing that these stories aren't working. Because yeah. I watched the 1980s Gundam movies like a couple months ago, and oh my, shut up, Billy. And 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 <laughs> and, and and those like I was even because they're making a Gundam live action movie. Yes, and I'm just, which I'm terrified like, for. I hope they do yeah. it well. I hope they do it well too. But again. I have a little bit of a, a an asterisk beside that because the director is good at those type of movies. He that's one of his like main thing, big giant machines or monsters, you know, 
I know, but the emotions, they gotta be complex and shit, you know? You can't just have cool robot battles. I mean, it it, it worked in Pacific Rim, but uh, it's, like, I think it, 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 I think what you're saying works for an Eastern audience. But what I'm saying works for a Western, because we don't give a fuck about character emotions. None of our top grossing movies are character-driven movies. They're just big-ass Michael Bay blockbuster flicks. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, all about I guess. those, those like fisting Godzilla or. But I mean. Fighting Godzilla or giving Zack Snyder a four-hour like like thing about his superheroes—that's what drives. And it's I think it's like a like a, a a commentary on us as a culture. But that sort of drives our taste as movies. I think we're getting over it now. But uh, but to but to Bailey's point, the because Gundam is a is it, it balances. Uh, the robots bullshit and also the the human emotions like 50-50 and if we have a a a, a culture the western culture who's just like let's just do explosions who cares right i think it's going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of, of a upward uphill battle because uh the biggest things about gundam wing and whole gundam saga franchise whatever the fuck you want to call it is the uh, emotional impact about mm-hmm. every choice and every consequences. That the very emotional <laughs> impact yeah, yeah. of those shows. They yeah. are the most yeah. emotional <laughs> crybaby shows ever. Mm-hmm. They have That's all these big fighting robots, but they are literally the most emotional crybaby shows ever. Exactly. I sobbed through the entire thing. Yeah, so <laughs> Even the they... fighting scenes. Like yeah. Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim <laughs> Uprising, we don't we don't talk about that movie at all. It does not exist. But that movie tried so hard to show the emotions of the characters, right? But it's forced. So if they're mm-hmm. gonna do it that way, it, it'll be like a cheese fest, and uh, it'll 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 hurt the movie and it'll hurt the IP. So I am stoked, but I have an asterisk excited to be like, okay, I'm stoked, but like I'm cautiously stoked. It's like yeah, I, I am optimistic stoked. that with the media getting more R-rated that they will be able to make the nuanced violence, because it's all about like the emotions of getting lost in war. Who's making it again? Warner Bros. or... Uh, no, Warner the Bros. Sunrise. The stu- Sunrise Studios in... Is it with Warner Brothers? Whoever, because like, it can't be just the Sunrise. Because it needs to be Warner Bros. I think Warner, Warner Bros. Bros. are just distributing it. Oh, Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. Oh, God. It's going to be shit. So it's going to be shit. Then I, I, Don't I, say I, that. I, Don't say I, that. I, <laughs> Bailey, my opinion on this game, on this movie was based on the fact that I thought it was coming out in theaters by Warner Bros. That was where I was basing it from. But I don't think it's going to be like that anymore. So It's supposed oh. to still go into theaters, supposedly. Oh. Okay. Supposedly, it's supposed to also be released in theaters. But what do you guys thought? What? what? <laughs> um. Yeah. So no, we'll stop. We'll stop here, and we're fucking. We got the tweet of the week coming up, but since we had a good rounded discussion here, 
I'm trying to figure out a good way to summarize it because I think we all expressed a resounding opinion that you need to either work with the community or the creator of the source material if you're creating a faithful adaptation. But yes. What is your final like tip for sussing out a good adaptation for our audience? <laughs> That's intense. I okay, so I can't really tell you how to suss out a good adaptation. Um but I would just say I think the note is more so to the creators of adaptations, right? And I'm going to okay. say to people who are directing, writing, picking adaptations and doing that stuff, even young people who are creating short stories based on these things, I truly encourage you to learn the core of the characters and create your own stories as a continuation instead of directly trying to recreate something that was already done right the first time. That's what I think should be moving forward with adaptations. Learn the characters, mm -hmm. create something new that is your own, and then it's less likely to fail when you are creating your own thing versus just trying to recreate somebody else's story mm -hmm. with your own biases. And your own thoughts and opinions on how those those stories should be viewed. That's why, just continue it. Don't don't try and redo it. <laughs> it already worked the first time. We'll leave it alone. <laughs> I mean, no, why, mom? They have to see physically how the no, no, how no. actor is smiling. But the physical. No, no, no. I don't no. think so. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, I I think uh, just you know the reason why things work in certain mediums is because they are in certain mediums does not mean you, you got to take it out of that medium and bring it over it doesn't doesn't work out so and wine mom is a little bit more of a optimistic in this i'm just like straight up to don't do it just just come up with your own ideas now we have enough adaptations till the cows come home so why do we need more you know, yeah. we need to do IPs. We're, we're like literally nobody's making anything originally anymore. It's either reboots or, or uh, adaptations. So I, I, I'm like the guy that's, again, Batman is my favorite movie um, right now. So who, 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 who am I to talk? But um, I think, but, it, but again, if it works, it works, right? Yeah, it is what it is. But like nine times out of 10 it won't work right nine times out of 10 and we've talked about how it's not working so you're just going to damage the branding of the the franchise that you're you're making it it, it doesn't work and, in and other your audience no know your audience too in other words no more superhero movies please there's so many there's too many parallel universes no. it's getting boring no more superhero movies sorry bailey that's that's no. what we're ending on no more superhero no. movies. Give me more sci-fi aliens. <laughs> I'm interested in more weird, new, nuanced things. We are in a future world. Let's let's do more Have future seen... stuff. Okay, thank you. Oh Goodbye. my God, Raza! This guy Dude. didn't censor the tweet of the week at all. He did not censor the tweet of the week. <laughs> You'll survive. It. Yeah, it's it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Okay, you ready, Wine Mom? I'm gonna flash this on screen. You ready? Okay, the tweet of the week is, 
I don't know what to do with my hands while getting my D S'd, <laughs> so I do Counter Strike reload animations. Okay. That guy, that guy, at this point, if that's what you're doing, sir, you are too immature to be having SEX, okay? I mean, he's doing it, so. You don't, well. <laughs> well, that's not a good argument for it. If that's your behavior, you do not deserve a BJ, I'm sorry. Oh, guys, you guys are just too serious. <laughs> too dumb. I'm out here, I'm out here going list like. What do I do with my hands and stuff? Like, like, you know that, um... You the, gotta, the, you gotta no pose fun. awkwardly, Raza. You gotta think, think of yourself like Fabio. You gotta just, like, I'm gonna cancel you guys right no, no, now. No, just like American Psycho, where he flexes and stuff. That's yeah. Like that. How <laughs> about this? How about this? How about this? We're gonna talk about this in the after show. So this is another moment where we encourage you guys to hang out oh. with us after we record. Because Bailey and Ross are going to tell us what they do with their hands when they get BJ's. Thank you. So just to close out this the podcast, guys, hit me with your favorite Stanley Kubrick movie. Yes. And if it's yeah. not The Shining, you're canceled. Mine is uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. A Space Odyssey? Okay, I'll allow it. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. So thank you for watching, kids. If you want to download baby? this, you want to subscribe. What? Oh, it's I got my. I thought you meant the audience. I thought I didn't know you meant me. I thought you meant like I tell me you. a Stanley Kubrick movie. Um, Jeez, Bailey. Is he the Apocalypse Now man's? No, he's not the Apocalypse Now man's. Yeah, so uh, Space Odyssey. Nice. So Space Odyssey. Not Clockwork Orange. I Clockwork Orange is up there. I admittedly haven't watched it enough. I need to go back and revisit it. I will I will not bullshit like I remember it very well. So I need to go back and watch Clap Orange. Time ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, Space God. Odyssey, I, I remember vividly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great movie. Anyway, catch us next week. Hang out with Appreciate us during the live show. Goodbye, suckers. Mm. Outros on, bye. Thank you again for watching us badly talk about these these topics. You can follow us on Twitch, Marching Into Madness, all one word, no space. On the gram, Marching Underscore Into Underscore Madness. And on Patreon at patreon.com slash Marching Into Madness. And again, on Le Discord A at Marching Into Madness. Join us and Bailey will pay you 10 whole Canadian dollars. <laughs> You can follow Whitey at Harley underscore media on the Insta. You must definitely follow the life of our, of our whole podcast, Line Mom, at X Line Mom X because the year's 2002 and we still have, have the X in our names. And me, your favorite uh, brown boy, at underscore R dot R Malik on underscore. Thank you for the third time. We love you. Drink some milk and be healthy. Remember, kids, say no to school and yes to <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
bad advice. <laughs> it's like, here we put this well-formulated <laughs> podcast together with good insight on facts and truth and political points <laughs> and social <laughs> issues. Don't go to school, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Ba- Bailey shouldn't be near school after saying that. <laughs> I was like, Bailey listens to me say the sentence, and he goes, mm, "Maybe I should say my sentence now." 